against them. Still rebelling in their sinful ways. But God is so loving and good and merciful and graceful. Oh, the depths and the riches of his love. That he would send this everlasting gospel to finite ears and hearts like ours. I'm getting ahead of myself. You see, if you're hearing this gospel today and you don't know the Lord Jesus, it's time. It's your day. The Bible says today is the day of salvation and now is the time. Now is the time, the acceptable time of the Lord. Turn your hearts from sin. Turn your hearts to the King, Jesus, and worship Him alone. Fear God, like the angel said, and worship Him, for He's worthy. Another thing about this glorious gospel. You see, I could go on and on. There's so, ma- <laughs> there's so many things about this gospel. But let me just tell you a couple more. The gospel is beautiful. The gospel, this, this story of God and His Son, Jesus, it's beautiful. It's so wonderful. Like I was telling you about all these cheesy stories we hear about now. This story is the most beautiful story in all of history. Jesus said in John 3, 16, he said, For God, the Father, he so loved, he so loved the world that he sent me his only begotten, his only begotten son, that whosoever would believe in him will not perish but have eternal life. See, church, sometimes we may get so familiar with this gospel that it, it no longer draws you. It no longer compels you. We no longer wonder at the glory that's found in it and the beauty in the depths of the heart of God. Let me make this story unfamiliar to you a little bit, guys. Let me reintroduce you to this thing. How many of us have children here? Raise your hand, please. If you have children, one, two, doesn't matter. Most of us in the room, I have two children. Just, just imagine taking, if you have a son, just imagine taking your one son, okay, and you go into the streets and you find a, a homeless drunkard and you, you put your only son next to this homeless stranger drunkard that you don't even know. And God says to give your son for the life of that man. You see, I think we, we get so spiritual with this thing, we, we miss the mark of the, the power of the love that's in this thing. Who would do it? None of us have our hands raised, and I know I wouldn't. What about your daughter, you who have a daughter? Take your, your daughter, your precious daughter, and go to a, a, a strange woman you don't know, a prostitute whore, who sells her body on the corner. I hate to use these words, but I'm painting a picture of how wretched we are. And, and take your only daughter and put her next to this woman who means nothing to you, who's a stranger to you, who cares nothing about you. And God says, sacrifice your daughter for this woman. Who would do it? Not one in the room. You see, God had one son. He only had one son. The only begotten son, do you understand? Now, now take it to another level. Imagine you're a king. You're, you're, you're beyond a king. You're like an emperor of an empire. Think of the Roman Empire, some great empire that existed. You're, you're the king of this empire. 
you had one son, one heir to your throne, one prince. And then you had a bunch of prisoners who betrayed your kingdom, who slandered your name, who committed crimes against your laws in prison. Who would give that son for those wretched prisoners in jail? None of us, right? They're wretched. They're miserable, wretched dogs. They don't deserve to be in the kingdom. Who would exchange the place of that prince for these prisoners? None of us. You see how scandalous this gospel is. It doesn't even make sense to the human mind. And that's what we are. We are the slum scum of the earth, church. We were sinners before Christ came. Get your mind around this thing and let this gospel grasp hold of your heart again. Try to understand the beauty and the depth of the love of God in this thing. The unconditional, uncomparable, unrelenting love of God. There's nothing that parallels to it in all the universe. Who would do such a thing? What kind of love would compel a man? Like Jesus said, greater love has no one than this, that he laid down his life for his friends. He said very scarcely would a righteous man die, or would a person die for a righteous man. Very scarcely do people even die for a good cause or for a good person, right? How much more is the love of God who dies for sinners? You see, there's no one like our God. No one. There's no one who's comparable. There's no love like it in the whole universe. It's beautiful. This gospel is wonderful. It's beautiful. We should be in awe of it constantly. If you've lost your awe of God, get in your closet and have an encounter with him, guys. I promise you, you need it. If this gospel doesn't appeal to you and compel you and the, the wonder of God doesn't draw you in any longer, you need the, re, the first love rekindled in your heart. The fir- I'm trying, guys, with all that I have in me to rekindle the flame, but only the Holy Spirit can do it. you got to get in your closet and have an encounter with this, this, this being who's so loving. Don't tell me about 30 years ago what God did for you anymore. I don't want to hear about it. Tell me what God's doing right now. Tell me what God's doing in your life today and in your family and in your community. You see, God's not the God of yesterday only. He's the God of today also and tomorrow. So many times we did testimony night Thursday. It was, it was amazing. But so many times we make our testimony about what God did for us 20 years ago. That's not your testimony, guys. That's a little piece of it. It's supposed to continue. It's supposed to be a story, a lifelong journey. What is he doing for you now? How is his love transforming your life today? The last thing. See, I, I didn't even number these because the gospel doesn't deserve numbers. You see, there's an innumerable <laughs> amount of things that make this gospel so glorious that I'm just touching the tip of the iceberg today, guys. I'm just touching the surface of it. But the last thing I want to share today is the gospel is powerful. It's powerful. Can you say that with me? It's powerful. Say it with some power. Come on. The gospel is powerful. What does that mean? It's full of power. It's full of power, guys. Romans 1, 16. We all know this verse. Most of us do. Paul writing, 
He says, for I am not ashamed of the gospel, the good news, <laughs> the great news, the glorious gospel. I'm not ashamed of it, for it is the power of God unto salvation for all who believe, first for the Jew and then for the Gentile. Understand, this is the last thing I'm saying, but it is most important to understand about the gospel. It's, it's dynamite power. It contains this, this little message that we carry that you could share in one minute. You could share the gospel in one minute with someone that God created the heavens and the earth and God created you and God loves you, but you have sinned against God and you've fallen away from him and you're separated from him. So God so loved you that he sent his only begotten son to die for you, to take away your sins and to reconcile you to God, to give you a relationship with the father whom you lost. But he hasn't lost you. Now you can be saved if you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. He died on the cross, but he rose again. And he's alive today. He rose on the third day. And if you believe in him, he'll come into your heart through the Holy Spirit. And you will live just like he lives for all of eternity. That's the gospel. In one minute, guys, come on. You can preach it. And this, this one message that we carry, it contains in it, the very power of God. The very power of God. How Have you ever asked this? I was meditating on this verse a while ago. And God, I feel like God asked me, how powerful is the power of God? How, how powerful is the power of God? Have you ever questioned that? Asked yourself that, I mean? You see, in, in Acts, it talks about the dunamis, the dynamite power that will come upon you through the Holy Spirit. You see, this power is the power of salvation. It is able to save, to heal, and deliver all who come under its power. When you preach this gospel, all who believe in it can be totally and radically transformed and delivered and saved. Amen? You see, this, when we... When we teach this message, you can teach it, you can preach it, you can declare it like evangelists do, you can write it in a story, you can share it with your neighbor in a track, but when you do this and they hear this gospel and people believe in it, they can be totally radically saved. No matter who they are, no matter how far they've gone, no matter how wretched they look to us, they can be totally radically transformed because this is the power of God. This gospel contains in it. Romans 10, 14. It's this amazing, amazing text where Paul writes, How then shall they call on him in whom they have not heard? He says first, How shall they believe in him unless they've heard of him? And how shall they call on him of who they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach unless they're sent? You see, but right before that, it's this amazing verse we all know. For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Romans ten thirteen, And then he says, but yet how can they be saved if they've not heard? How can they hear unless someone shares it with them, preaches it to them? And how can you preach this gospel unless you're sent by God to do it? 
You see, in God's grace, he calls all men and women to himself. But in God's divine mind and the way he chose to get this message across was that every man and woman in his church would become an ambassador of his message. And I want to end by reminding you, church, that you guys are ambassadors of this gospel. You guys are carriers of this treasure. You guys are messengers of heaven. You guys, just like Paul, he said, I am an ambassador in chains to this gospel. You see, this gospel has made me a slave. This Jesus, you know, I was a slave to sin, but now I'm a slave to God. This gospel has so compelled me, it's gripped me like, it, like anything could grip a man, not like nothing can grip a man. It's, it's the most incredible thing that's ever happened in my life. I've been saved by grace, and I want to proclaim this thing to people like Paul did. But let me help you, church, to understand you're a vessel just like I am or Paul was. You are an ambassador. If you don't believe me, let me, let me turn and just share, read this last uh, uh, verse to you. In 2 Corinthians, verse 17, and, and watch how we all know this, but watch, catch what, uh, what's going to happen here. In, in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, the word of God, hear the word of the Lord. It says, therefore, if any man, say that with me, any man, any one of you, any one of us, be in Christ, he's a new creation. All the old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. Now, we know that, right? That's our identity. Every Christian seems to know this verse. Wait, wait, if I, it, whoever the sun sets free is free indeed. If any man, if any woman, if anyone is in Christ, I'm a new creation. All the old is gone. All my sins are washed away. All things become new. But catch this. So he's talking to everyone. Now watch what he says. And all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself and has given to us the ministry of reconciliation. This is Paul speaking to us, to everyone. We're all new creations. We're all forgiven of our sins. We're all ministers of reconciliation. To with God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their sins against them, and he has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Verse 20, now, then, we are ambassadors for Jesus Christ. Someone say amen. As if God himself was beseeching you through us, we pray in Jesus' name, in Jesus' stead, be reconciled to God. For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Come on, church. This is amazing. This is powerful stuff. This is the glorious gospel, guys. And you see, this whole work that God brings salvation, he reveals and unlocks his mystery. He shows us his beauty. He shows us his glory. And he releases his power it's all through his gospel and this gospel has been entrusted to you this gospel has been given to you church to me we are an ambassador and so 
I want to pray for you right now, guys. I'm going to end my, my sermon. I want to pray in the Spirit. Let's just close our eyes and bow our heads. And let's just humble ourselves before God. And let this penetrate our hearts for a moment. I'm just going to be silent for a moment. And then I want to pray that the Holy Spirit will come. And seal what was said today from the Word of God. Heavenly Father, I just thank you, Lord, for your wonderful, precious Son who paid the price for us. And this amazing grace, God, and this uh, amazing gospel that you've entrusted to us. Father, we are we're in awe of you. We're humbled by you. And Lord, I, I pray in the mighty name of Jesus that, that today this message will land on people's hearts, God. Like a plane just landing on a strip. This word will just land in our souls, God. And that your Holy Spirit would seal this thing. Oh Lord, that we are Christians washed in the precious blood. We're new creations, God. And all the old is gone, but we're also ambassadors we're carriers of a treasure. And Lord, I pray that each person here will begin to understand how, how deep their own calling is, God. How holy their own calling is to be an example, first of all, be a testimony of you. And to also, God, share this glorious, everlasting message with others. Lord, I pray that they would begin to burn, Lord. I just pray right now the same flame you've placed in my heart i just pray would begin to burn in people right now god people watching online people in this room god it's not too late they're not too old or too young or too sinful father your blood washes us all clean and father we have still time even if we just have today even if we just have right now god that's enough you could do more with us in a day than we could do in a whole lifetime i pray that people here would just begin to burn again lord that that mantle, that first love fire will begin to burn. Rekindle it, Lord. And the passion to know you and to share you with others would not be quenched, God. I pray against all fear of man right now. Fear of man right now, Father, would be broken in the mighty name of Jesus. That boldness, like Paul prayed, for boldness to make this mystery known. God, I pray for boldness to come upon your body again, for courage to strength to rise, Lord, that we would be courageous, that we would be strong in these last days, that we wouldn't fear man, O oh Lord, but fear God and live for you, live to please you and worship you only. Lord, I just thank you, Lord God. I ask you for <laughs> angels, Lord, to assist us. Jesus, you even said that as we go out and we proclaim this message to the ends of the earth, you said you yourself would be with us even to the end of the age. You said I will be with you even to the end of the age. Lord, we thank you, God. Help us to be faithful. Help us to be good stewards. When you return, Lord, you ask the question, will the Son of Man find faith on the earth? 
Lord, I pray that we would be found faithful. And Lord, I bless you and I praise you. Encourage and strengthen all your people. In Jesus' mighty name, amen, amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. No, not yet, not yet. So my daughter here wants to preach. My son, pray for them that they would declare boldly the gospel. But um, there's